I, I didn't have any experience of homelessness or know anybody really that was living on the streets, you know? Mm. Um, so I didn't really know all of the areas that we would need to make a change to their life, mm-hmm. but actually seeing how the sale of coffee in our case is making a difference to someone getting their keys for the first time for their new flat or to being paid the living wage or to get their bank account, all those issues which they're struggling with all coming about through the sale of coffee just was such an incredible moment. So therefore for me being able to look back now and saying, actually firstly this model's worked in that first instance, but we're growing at such a speed that it's making on a day by day basis, a real difference to people's lives. And that, you know, if I now, if, if that rate of growth continues, you know, I'm 34 now, just turned 34, you know, but if that rate of, rate of growth continues and we spread across the UK like we're doing to the US, to Australia and so on and so forth, that real difference it's going to make to people's lives internationally who are homeless just through the sale of coffee could be a massive, um, a massive thing, which, you know, personally, when I look back, the age of 90 in my rocking chair would be something that I'm proud of. You're listening to series two of the official podcast for the Festival of Enterprise with me, your host, Alex Chisnell. Join thousands of other established entrepreneurs and business people for free at Olympia in London from April the 28th to 29th, 2020. Just go to festivalofenterprise.co.uk to get your free ticket. The Festival of Enterprise is the event for any small and medium business looking to grow faster. This event will reward you for taking a day or two from working in your business to working on your business. We'll provide you with access to the most useful, tested methods of developing your businesses. We help you sustain, grow, scale and thrive faster and for longer than where you stand today. And for exhibitors and sponsors, we provide direct access to the UK businesses and individuals that are the most primed for growth. Festival of Enterprise is the home for entrepreneurs. Get your free ticket to this April's Festival of Enterprise at Olympia in London by going to festivalofenterprise.co.uk. Welcome to episode four from the Festival of Enterprises second series. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, content director for the Festival of Enterprise and host of the number one rated entrepreneurship podcast and agency, Screw It, Just Do It. Joining me on this week's episode is Jamal Easel, founder and CEO of Change Please, who are using coffee to tackle homelessness by retraining people who are homeless as baristas and providing a London living wage job, housing, bank account, therapy and support. From selling coffee across London through mobile vans, Change Please Coffee is now stocked by Sainsbury's Nationwide and served on Virgin Atlantic planes and trains. Jamal was named Social Entrepreneur of the Year, won the $1 million Chivas Venture winner and Richard Branson's Startup of the Year in 2018. You may also have recently seen him featured on Jamie Oliver's Friday Night Feast. This is just some of his incredible story. Join myself and Jamal at the Festival of Enterprise to hear his full story and ask him your questions in person on April the 28th, 29th, 2020. (laughs) 
I really started to think about my connection to any beneficiary groups. I used to rent my properties to people that were um, to, to councils, and then they used to rent the properties themselves, sublet them to people that were homeless in emergency accommodation. Mm-hmm. And I thought, inadvertently, I'm already renting to people that are homeless. If I could find a way of giving them a job at the same time, then this is one small step to kind of reducing homelessness. And that's where the idea came from. Instead of tea, it was coffee. And we came back to London. I, I, I saw a homeless person with a cardboard sign saying, change, please. And then a few days later, I went to a Banksy exhibition where Banksy's got a, a bit of street art with a homeless person sitting on the street saying, with their hand out, saying, keep your coins, I want change. And that was it. I just, for the first mm-hmm. time, I realized the double meaning behind the, the, the terms change, please, that we all hear yeah. people who are homeless yeah. in the streets asking us when they're asking us for money, but they're also asking us for change potentially, you know, in, in society. So mm. I decided to, to call it change, please. And uh, I started the journey. And, and t- just talk me through sort of timeline. So what, what year was that and, and how long are we it, since, it, since that initial moment in, in Vietnam? So that initial moment was on the 24th of April, 2014, sorry, 2013, apologies. So um, that was now uh, exactly four years ago. Mm. And I joined the School of Social Entrepreneurs and that was in February uh, 2014. Mm -hmm. And then we opened... Uh, our first social enterprise called Old Spike Roastery, which is in Peckham, yep. at the in October 2014, and we launched um, uh, uh, Change Please in partnership with The Big Issue in November 2015. So it's been four years since that original idea, and um, now it's uh, just come up to the second anniversary, second birthday of the Change Please um, launch. Okay, and and. It, and- T- taking that back to the original part of the story, if if you were now in the rocking chair, how how much happier would you feel that you're actually making a change, or or indeed have made change? I mean, it's it's com- completely incomparable. I mean, mm. the, the the most amazing thing that's happened in this journey is from having an idea, which is something that you just sketch out on paper, and then actually seeing the idea come to life, but that could come to life in any kind of form of business. You know, you could set up a website, you could sell your first product. But in our case, seeing somebody, I I didn't have any experience of homelessness or know anybody really that was living on the streets, you know? Mm. Um, So I didn't really know all of the areas that we would need to make a change to their life. Mm -hmm. But actually seeing how the sale of coffee in our case is making a difference to someone getting their keys for the first time for their new flat or to being paid the living wage or to get their bank account, all those issues which they're struggling with all coming about through the sale of coffee just was such an incredible moment. So therefore for me being able to look back now and saying, actually firstly this model's worked in that first instance, but we're growing at such a speed that it's making on a day by day basis, a real difference to people's lives. And that, you know, if I now, if, if that rate of growth continues, you know, I'm 34 now, just turned 34, you know, but if that rate of, rate of growth continues and we spread across the UK like we're doing to the US, to Australia and so on and so forth, that real difference it's going to make to people's lives internationally who are homeless just through the sale of coffee could be a massive, um, a massive thing, which, you know, personally, when I look back, 
at the age of 90 in my rocking chair would be something that I'm proud of. If I look back today, if it all ended today, then I'd still be very, very proud. Just probably a little bit more tired than uh, than when I first started. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that, that's awesome to hear because I, I know, you know, far too often and speak to so many people, we're, we're all striving um, to, to plan, to, to plan out the next year, plan out the next three years, the five years, and it, you know, actually taking time out to review what you've done and, and actually give yourself a, a pat on the back and celebrate how, that you've got this far is so far. So few people actually do that, that it's, it's nice to hear. Yeah, I think uh, it's one of the biggest challenges that I face personally, instead of just completely living my life by my diary and having new meetings and new opportunities and new rates of growth, you know, that we, um, that we, all kind of opportunities that come into our inbox, you know, taking a step back and just actually acknowledging what's happened is really important because just for your own mental health and your own ability to kind of refocus yeah. and being a bit more mindful, um, about your current situation and what you've actually achieved, which then helps to give you the energy to kind of jump onto the next phase. This year has just felt, completely like it's just been um kind of almost a bit of a snowball where you you don't really you haven't really had a chance to look back and i think that's something that i really want to improve next year and just look back at how each month or each couple of weeks what we've achieved what we've done and and, and take and appreciate take a moment to really appreciate what's what's happened mm. and, and do you still feel uh in charge given what you've done this year or do you feel that you're you're kind of in a rocket ship and you're you're being just flying along as part of the ride <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a combination of both. It's that rocket ship is um, is definitely there. We're kind of sitting in it, but it's we we've fortunately built up a really wonderful team around us. Um, uh, for example, the founder of Coffee Republic. For example, the the CFO of Jimmy Choo and LK Bennett, and some just you know a board which is just absolutely first class, mm-hmm. and leaders of the of their previous kind of or the industry that they've come from, um, and what they're doing is helping to make sure that that ro- ro- rocket ship almost has parachutes on it and is going in the right direction Mm. so the growth and the speed is something that we always want to keep and we want to make sure we're still entrepreneurial in how we grow but at the same time we need to make sure that the trajectory that we're on is in the right direction and we have to use the same analogy that parachute around us which is kind of there in case that entrepreneurial decision doesn't really work out so i think um so if i've stretched the rocket ship analogy but, um <laughs> you got a couple of rocket ships yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so that's so i think that that we don't want to slow down we want to make sure that the decisions that we're doing are the correct ones mm. and having the right people around us who have got that experience is really allowing us to do that uh, what, what remind me what's the name of the the um one of the founders of the Coffee Republic, because I remember reading their book. I've literally read their book four or five times. It's one of the best books on how to actually start a business and learn from their mistakes. Oh, wonderful. So she, she's actually in the room next to me while, I'm, while we're speaking. No her way. name's Sahar Hashimi. That's it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. And oh, also wow. her, her brother, Bobby. Yeah. Oh, wow. Cause didn't she... And Bobby's gone on to set up a uh, pizza union. Okay. Because didn't... Um... She went on to set up a like no sugar sweet company, amongst many other things. I know Skinny Candy. That's the yeah. one. Yeah, she sold that. Did she? Yeah. Ah, okay. Amazing. Yeah, I think that was a little bit ahead of her time. So yeah, it was great. And what what stage did you take on board? Start building the, the team around you. So maybe talk a little bit about the board that we, we're just speaking about now, and then the actual team. Um, you know, feet on the ground 
team as well as like the board members how early on did you go from one man band we the first say four or five months was all about us learning what we need to do who we are what's our kind of position within the, the coffee market and i think slowly it's, there's a bit of a tendency to kind of see the first people that come along who you know know what they're talking about and try and get them involved to give you support and um and i just wanted to kind of hold back a little bit and make sure that actually the people that do join the board are people that are genuinely going to invest time energy um relationships um and also add value mm. as opposed to coming and doing this as partly a vanity project yeah and uh we, i've i think that's one of the, the reasons that we've grown so quickly because we've chosen some really incredible people who have joined our organization to kind of and it's just you know for example the, the person who was the previous cfo of of jimmy Chu and then the coo of lk bennett to now work with us kind of three days a week and donate her time um for free and it is just you know, incredible for us, you know, from a financial perspective and managing our, our finances. So it's, it's making sure the people that come on are the right people and they're actually going to invest time. And that for me was absolutely fundamental in our growth. I'd seen situations in the past where especially social businesses were surrounded by people who wanted to help and do good, but they ended up being a slight strain on the business because you also have to look after mm. them as individuals and their personalities. But, um, you know, just, we really tried to make sure we took the time and assessed everybody that wanted to join and really selected the best of the best to kind of be part of, of what we're trying to do. And was that people you, you reaching out to those individuals or, or them come across in, sorry, coming across you um, through the press or through contacts? It was a combination of both actually. So um, within the social enterprise space, there's, so many organizations that offer you mentors um, and also in, in the entrepreneurial space as well, not just the social entrepreneurial space, but mm. offer you mentors. So we're, we're always surrounded by really amazing people. Um, that's for starters. And then I think because we naturally got quite a lot of press when we launched and a lot of attention, we were on a BBC documentary, all those kind of things meant that the incoming opportunities and relationships was, was there as well. Yeah. And so for us, it was a combination of both. It was people hearing about us, but also through our networks, other people's networks and the story of, you know, being able to do good through in our case, coffee, um, re reached a lot of people and then the network grew, and, and we just found and selected the best people out of that. And then now we've got two boards. One is our main board. So our trustees. And then the other side is our, our advisory board, which are people which um, come along and, and give us advice and directions and strategy, but might not have a, a voting share, so to speak. Okay. And as I understand it, um, you've had funding from a, a number of different angles. So Virgin Startup, also the big issue and, and comic relief. Is, is that right? Yes, exactly. So we got, um, I mean, I'll start with Virgin Startup. We were, um, we'd made an order with our, um, uh, with our manufacturers for all of our coffee vans to start with, we ordered eight initially and we were missing, we had, we had funding, the funder pulled out because they didn't think the project would work. Mm. So then we went to Virgin startup and said, look, we've got an unrealistic, unrealistically short amount of time to get this done. This is what we want to do. Um, I don't personally have a huge background in coffee. Um, but 
do you believe in the idea? Will you support us? And out of nowhere, they came, they supported us. They brought people in to kind of help with the business plan and, and, and really kind of give us the guidance that we needed. And they, the money was sent to us literally the day, the, the deadline of the day before the manufacturer was going to stop huh. production wow. of, our, of our van. So, and then it got the vans got made and we went to press on the 23rd of November, 2015. And on that day, on that week, we had everyone from Sky News, CNN, Russia Today, BBC, ITV, all coming on that day. And it was, if it wasn't for that money from, Virgin and then paying for the final installment of deliveries, we would not have been able to open that day. We put a week afterwards, but we would have lost all that press attention and all that kind of uh, opportunity. So it literally all worked out perfectly. I didn't realize um, it was that tight. <laughs> it was absolutely that tight. And wow. it wasn't Virgin's fault, it was our fault for coming in at the last minute. Yeah. They pulled out all the stops to make it happen. Oh, that's quite and um, it was absolutely fantastic for us. And then we've got money from Comic Relief, which has been phenomenal and money from Big Issue Invest and also some other organizations like the Charities Aid Foundation that have helped us along the way with loans and grants um, to help our growth and development. And did, have you ever met John Bird from, from the Big Issue as, as part of the, the journey so far? Yes, quite a few times. I actually was in his, I stayed at his house uh, in Cambridge um, uh, a few months back. Um, oh, he's, cool. He's a such an incredible inspiration really you know he's obviously now lord burden mm. he's um, what he set up 25 years ago as part of the big issue has obviously stood the test of time and it's made a massive difference to vendors all over the country and also that the street paper model has been replicated all over the world um so yeah he's he's an absolute inspiration for being able to take an idea and and grow it to to how successful the big issue's been now mm. no i've been liaising with with um with his team about him, uh, one he wants to do an, an event down down where we're based in in Bournemouth, and and two speak at one of the Virgin Startup events. So that's when I was thinking, oh, I could potentially get you both to do the same event because that would be pretty powerful. Um, I know he's based in London now, but he's specifically looking to do something down in the southwest. So um, that's when I had an inkling that I'd maybe ask yourself as well nearer the time. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, he's. I mean, I don't think. Um, He's got a huge amount of charisma and uh, an incredible personality and a wonderful story. So hopefully I can live up to those uh, standards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm you know, sure you will. Um, and talk to me a little bit about, um, I mean, literally it's two years then, just over two years since you, you started trading. Is that right? Yeah, two two years and two weeks. Two years, two years. wow. So um, it, just tell um, our audience a little bit about uh, and the kind of rapid growth that you've gone from literally getting those initial vans um, two years ago for London and um, where you're at now, because I understand recently that you've um, managed to get into Sainsbury's and about to go um, with Ocado as well. Yes, exactly. So we've we've now got 17 sites, um, which we operate um, in a mixture of offices, um, our own vans. Um, we've just got now a new contract with Transport for London, where we're actually going to be opening sites in tube stations and train stations. And we're employing 50% of our staff who are sleeping homeless on transport for london sites so someone that's been sleeping on a transport on a bus or a train or in a tube station you know we're we're going to go out and find those people and employ them and employ them in those tfl sites so we've had a huge amount of support from 
TFL and also the mayor's office. And um, that's kind of a huge growth plan for us moving forward. We sell coffee into offices like groups like uh, UBS, Bank of New York, um, the Virgin headquarters in Paddington. Um, and it's essentially, you know, where there's an opportunity to sell coffee, we're providing an alternative to um, what's already on the market, but coffee that can taste the same, cost the same, but also change people, people's life at the same time. And I think that's a message that people are adopting quite quickly. Mm. Um, so the coffee, the, the office market is growing really quickly. Um, working with a wide range of caterers um, is really fantastic for us. But also getting our coffee into supermarkets has really helped to increase the scale of growth. So we're in 375 Sainsbury stores selling change piece coffee bags um, with 100% of the profits going to reduce homelessness across the UK. Uh, and also the coffee's won a great taste award. So it's doing good, but it's without compromise because I think that's one of the first things that people think about, you know, oh, this is taste, it, it, this does good, but, you know, it's just, I'm just doing it for charity. It's not going to taste good. So, you know, even the Sainsbury's buy at the time was shocked at how good it tastes. And mm. with these, with the kind of uh, the, the Great Taste Award now, it really kind of proves that you can do good, but also not compromise at the same time. Yeah, and if you don't get um, if, if you don't get that product right, then you're not going to believe in it yourself, are you? And the person buying it is is going to feel slightly compromised as well, I'd imagine. Exactly. And we what we what we saw was people will pick up the bags. Um, for the first time because of the social message or it will get us listed because of the social message. Mm. But, um, it won't, it will mean that customers won't come back if they take it home, they don't like it. They just won't buy. And our growth, our growth of sale is just absolutely fantastic at the moment. The, the buyer is super happy. Um, and now we're very close to finalizing talks of Ocado. We're, um, speaking with Retros and a range of other supermarkets to, stock our coffee and provide an ethical alternative and a, and a socially socially ethical alternative to what's already on the on the shelves it's awesome and i also believe environmental sustainability is is high on your priorities with solar panels on the vans compostable cups and and coffee grounds being converted to biofuel as well yeah so we've we've we thought it would be slightly disingenuous if we just um focused on our part of the supply chain so we really like like to, uh, we really concentrated on where the beans come from. So initially, um, we put a lot of emphasis on that, and we now buy coffee from farmers in, for example, Peru, which support um, women who are victims of domestic abuse. Farmers in Tanzania that support llama victims. The coffee then comes into the UK. We import it, and it's then roasted by people that are homeless at our sister company, Old Spike Roastery, and then. When we receive the coffee, obviously, you know what we do in terms of supporting people that have homelessness through selling the beans and selling the coffee to the public. But we also try to make sure that when we're selling that coffee, the um, the way we do it is so is environmentally sustainable as well. So, as you said, we use 100% uh, compostable cups, we solar panels on our vans, and the, the waste grounds are converted into biofuel. So literally where the beans come from, from the farmers that we're supporting all the way up to where the ground the, the coffee the waste coffee grounds go to we've tried to make sure that that environmental and socially uh, focused um, sustainability is is evident in our supply chain don't forget to get your free ticket to this april's festival of enterprise at olympia in london by going to festivalofenterprise.co.uk 
Whether you're an established entrepreneur or a business looking to exhibit or sponsor our next event, get in touch at the Home for Entrepreneurs by going to festivaloventerprise.co.uk. Thank you.